as uh, I got the call last night from Sister Jan, it reminded me of my first trip to South Africa with Patty and a number of members of our church. We were in Durban, South Africa. Then we went up to a, uh, a place called Eskawini. It's a black township, historically been a black township. And uh, there was quite a lot of, uh, of riots and quite a lot of terrible things that happened in that city back in the days of the apartheid. We learned an awful lot as we traveled back and forth to Africa about uh, the apartheid and about uh, those types of things. But we pulled into, I think I've told this story, but forgive me if I haven't. We pulled into uh, a, a, what looked like a compound. It was a, uh, a gymnasium, and the church was holding services there. And as we pulled in, there were a group of guys with Uzis under their arms. Do you know what an Uzi is? It's an automatic machine gun, and it's for one purpose. And uh, they led us through the gate with barbed wire. And I remember asking our, our dear brother, Peter Van Eekerk, I said, Peter, what are all the Uzis here for? I said, they're for you guys. And I said, really? He said, yes. They're here to protect you. There were still some very, very de- challenging things going on in that area. And we had a wonderful time of worship. And I was sitting about where Josiah's sitting, and my brother Peter was sitting here, and, and he's the leader. And actually, he was uh, sort of oversaw this church apostolically. And we're sitting there, and the last song, uh, we're, I'm sorry, we were standing, the last song, he bumps me and said, by the way, you've got the message tonight. <laughs> and that's why he introduced me that I was going to preach. He said, don't, you, you got the message tonight. So I had the rest of that song and announcements to get ready to <laughs> preach a message. So I thank God that Jan called me last night at 10, rather than 10 this morning or 9 o'clock this morning. So uh, it was quite interesting because God dropped something in my heart last uh, morning, yesterday morning, and it was really, it really hit me, and I shared with Patty, and we were mulling over this word and, and, uh, from Scripture, and, and little did I know that I, was, that I needed to have that. So I'm going to move with what I feel like God knew ahead of time that I needed a word that I needed to move on, even though I wasn't aware until last night. So uh, today, I want to talk about, just for a few minutes, won't take long, I hope, uh, I used to say that at our church, and when I said, I won't be long, my two sons on the back row go, oh, no. They knew what that meant. Oh, no. He says it's going to be short. Oh, no. I trust that I will be uh, brief today, I hope. Uh, the word today is reflection. Now, that's an interesting word, and we use it from time to time. Sometimes we don't, we, we, but we do use the word reflection often, and uh, The definition of reflection is a thought, an idea, or an opinion formed as a result of meditation. Now, all meditation is not bad. I grew up very, very, uh, as a Christian, very skeptical skeptical of meditation because it always seemed to be in the wrong direction. But as I read Scripture more and more, and particularly in Psalms, it seems like this man named David did a lot of meditating. You know what I'm saying? So meditation is not wrong. It's a perspective. And so it is, uh, it, so uh, the, the idea of reflection comes sometimes out of meditation. There's another word that comes to mind, and often Patty and I will see one another. We're very quiet sitting, and Patty will say, Ralph, what you doing? I said, I'm contemplating. 
You ever heard that word or something? She'd be real quiet, and she's got the Bible, and she's doing something. And I look at her and say, sweetie, what you doing? She says, I'm contemplating. So just to be fair in here, contemplation from Merriam-Webster. So this is a, a real definition. I was delighted when I saw it. Contemplation is concentration on spiritual things as a form of private devotion. I like that. So I'm going to contemplate a lot from now on. You, I might call it meditation, but if you want to, you call it contemplation. And this is another one which I love, a mystical awareness of God's presence. So, okay, I can contemplate all day long then and it not waste my time. So, so I want to talk about this whole idea of reflection uh, just for a few minutes. The, uh, the, the idea of, of uh, reflecting on, on what God is doing in your life, has done in your life, has done in my life. And as we think about reflection, there is a time and there's a season where God says, to IFC, it's a time of reflection. Can you reflect and look forward at the same time? How many of you think you can do that? I think you can. I think they go hand in hand. Often I think that what we're seeing at times is is tainted, I don't mean tainted, is colored by what we are what we are thinking about and what we remember God has done. And, and somehow the two uh, have a joined, jointness to them that often as I'm looking forward, I'm being encouraged by what I reflect on that God has done. It's not that I'm staying back there, but I know if you did that then, you're really, you're able to do that now and in the future. So these two things about vision and about reflection can at times go hand in hand. And I believe that that's where we are as a church. I believe that God has brought us through this year, through this, uh, this season, through this breakthrough. And I was so excited about the song this morning about the breakthrough and, and then the, the words that came forth about breakthrough. So I believe that we're in a season, as Pastor Nikki has encouraged us, that we're in a season uh, I want to I, I want to open with 2 Corinthians 3:18 out of the NIV. I don't know whether it's going to be on the screen. We all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is a Spirit. And if we reflect, we often are reflecting on the glory of God, how He's moved in my life. I reflect on what He's done at IFC. Do you all ever stop? And think about, God, you have done amazing things at IFC. It's the, his glory to glory. What's happening is we're experiencing when we look back or as so we begin to contemplate and we think about what God has done, we are being transformed from glory to glory by glory. It is the glory of God that is actually helping me become who? Become Jesus. Did you read that? We all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image. Say that with me. We with all, excuse me, we with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Amen. Amen. Isn't that exciting? That verse right there is, is the kind of verse I could just sit 
Uh, I mean, if I walked out the door today and said, Lord, that verse is what I needed right now. I needed to know that you have not given up on Ralph. You've not given up on Patty. You've not given up on our family. You've not given up on our ministry. You've not given up on our workplace. You've not given up on us. You are transforming us from glory to glory with an increasing glory. Now, often in a charismatic Pentecostal type environment, which we don't particularly want to hang a tag on IFC, but when you're in a place where the Spirit of God is moving and people move uh, with the Spirit in the prophetic and various kinds of ministries and gifts or callings, often we get, so, we get out there so far, we forget some of the things that we learned back when we were young. This is a powerful passage. Don't forget this passage, my friends. Don't let this just sit up on the shelf somewhere. You are being, and I am being, transformed by the glory of God into someone. Men, I've got some news for you. The question is, if you're married, who's your wife married to? Who is she married to? Is she married to Jesus or is she married to you? And all of your whatever that we bring along in our lives. Ladies, same question. Who's your, who's your husband married to? Those who are not married. As you're engaged in relationships of any kind. Friendship. Who's my friend? Yeah, man, he's looking more like Jesus today than he was some weeks ago. I like it. I like it. This is such a powerful verse. Because it tells us in some very direct way what God is doing. And it's almost like it's really what he wants to do. Now, we've got a lot of things that God has us involved with. And we know when we have vision for it. But you know what he really is really involved with? Making you and me like Christ. You agree? Let me give you uh, just a few reflections just uh, as, we, as we go into this. As we open the year with 21 days of fasting and prayer, I don't know how many years Pastor Nikki and Pastor Satish have done the 21 days, but Patty and I have been a part of this congregation for eight and a half years. And as far as I can remember, we've done 21 days of prayer and fasting. Perhaps maybe we didn't the first one or so. But those days of prayer and fasting I want to reflect a few moments. Can you let me just, I just want to reflect a few moments on what God was up to. During those 21 days, one of the great words that came forth from Pastor Nikki was on the foundations that IFC is built on. Patty and I take notes. She's taking notes right now. We were in Singapore or somewhere with Pastor Nikki. Uh, a number of years ago, and we were sitting on the second row taking notes. And the pastor came up after some time, maybe it was at dinner or something, or maybe it was the, the following day. And uh, he said, our young people were curious as to what you and your wife were doing while your pastor was preaching. I looked at him and I said, actually, it's it female. I said, we were taking notes. And she said, the young people were astounded that you two were taking notes of your pastor preaching to them. I said, I always take notes. I said, I'm prone to forget like that. I'm prone to forget like that. So we take notes so we can reflect back. 
So these, the, the foundational teaching that Pastor Nicky brought us through, he talked about foundations. He talked about the framework of IFC, how it's structured, how it is being structured, and how there are some changes coming in just the structure of how we're going to minister and how the, the church is going to grow and how it's going to move. I never heard our pastor say until about four weeks ago or six weeks ago, he would like to see multiple IFC congregations in cities all over the South Carolina area. I almost fell on the floor. I had never heard that. That's in his heart. That's part of the vision. That's part of where we're going as a church. And Pastor Nicky shared this framework. He shared the fabric of the church. And the fabric, I guess you could call the culture. If you walked in to this family called International Family Church, guess what? You walked into a culture, and you've got to determine, is this the culture that I'm to be a part of, or is this not the culture? We don't like to think about that, and I've said this often to IFC, International Family Church. I'm speaking to you as a family. Do you know how hard it is to become a family member in a family that you were not born into? Just think of your own family. Think of people coming into your family through marriage or adoption, anything like that. It's, it's difficult to enter a family that you weren't born into. So we, as IFC, we have to have a wide open heart and a wide open kind of a love so people say, I like what I saw. I like what I felt. The culture there is friendly. The culture there is embracing. It's encouraging. I felt like I found home. And we have at some time, I don't remember, but often there's a, there's a flash on the screen that says, welcome, welcome home, I believe it says. So as we're, as we're looking at this, the, the reflecting back, the, these messages on the foundations and, and the framework and the fabric were so important. Tuesday and Wednesday prayer times this past month during, during, uh, during January, so good. I don't know if you were able to come. If you weren't, I encourage you. Please, when we have times and seasons of prayer, do what you can to get here. Uh, just a few comments. Uh, at one point, Pastor Nicky spoke, and beginning, he said, uh, it was all about intimacy. Actually, this Sunday, excuse me, this past Sunday night, he spoke on intimacy. He stood right here, and, and he shared. He said, there is something happening at IFC with the intimacy of God. I don't know how many, how many were here that heard that? Several of you, do you remember him saying that about intimacy? And what we experienced Sunday evening, it was as go, the, the, the God himself, his, his embrace showed up in this room. And all of us that were here, we were overcome by the presence and the love of God. And something else that happened that evening is there was an intimacy among those people that came. It was like God's just took a veil off and said, it's about intimacy with me. Now, I'm reflecting on that because some of you don't know that. You weren't here. You didn't hear it. So I'm reflecting to give you a little bit of an understanding. When Pastor Nikki said that evening, we have stepped into something new. Folks, we've stepped into something new. We have stepped in as a church to a place, Pastor Nikki said, we've never been here before. We've never been here before. And you may say, well, what is it, Ralph? Well, God is going to unfold it. He's going to use Pastor Nikki. The congregation can't go any further than our pastor is going to go. 
And we want to pray for him. We prayed for him that evening that God would give him what he needs to carry us where he believes God is carrying us. He said, we're in something. We're stepping into something. We've never been here before. And I got excited. Those of us that were in the room, we, got it, we knew something was taking place. So I'm reflecting. I'm reflecting on the good, wonderful things that God has been doing just in the last few weeks. There was a prophetic breakthrough. Pastor Greg would have said this today, I'm sure, because I talked with him this past week, just chatting on, uh, on text. And I made a comment to him about his ministry that night, and he said, Ralph, there was a breakthrough for the prophetic that Sunday night that I've never seen or experienced at IFC. Now, that excited me. Again, folks, just doing some reflection so we can all come along at the same pace. So God has done some things. He's doing some things. These last few weeks have been fruitful, fruitful, and we may not see it with our eyes yet. But as I've said to begin with, as we're looking that way towards the future, God says, don't forget to reflect on the goodness that you've seen. Don't forget to reflect on all that I've been doing. Don't forget to reflect on my love. Don't forget to reflect on the fact that you all, meaning all of us, you are created to become like my son Jesus. Don't forget. Just reflect, but keep your vision. Keep your vision, but let that influence your vision. I'm not the kind of guy that wants to say, oh, well, to heck with all that stuff. It's done, gone. I'm turning a new leaf. I don't care what happened in the back. This is all brand new. No, this is brand new, but that that God has done is going to affect how I look this way. And I like that. So just a little reflection, just a little reflection. There were about uh, 30 people here um, Sunday night. I want to I ask, if you were here Sunday night, if you can do it in two minutes, can, yes, somebody's laughing. Okay. Uh, if you can do it in two minutes, I want you to run up here very quickly. I want four people to come and tell me what you can reflect on from Sunday night. I've got the mic. Four people. Just right. I'll pick you. And, you know, I'm, I'm good about picking people. So I, I, I figured Brian would be the first one up. <laughs> two minutes. Two minutes. Tell what you experienced, brother. There was a level of intimacy in the room, and that word was released. But there was something that was tangible in the room. It was, it was unlike, and in fact, sitting there, I text Pastor Nikki while he was standing here. I said, we need to do this at least once a month or bi-monthly. It was something about the way the room was set up, something about the, the um, connection with everybody there. And we weren't, we weren't here to hear a message. We weren't here for any of that. Everybody was in the place to be in one mind and in one accord. And we saw because of that, the tangible presence of God settle like a blanket over the room. It was absolutely amazing. And like, like Pastor Greg, Prophet Greg said, the, the release of the prophetic was unbelievable. Amen. Unbelievable. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Atul, please. Uh, two other people. Please run up here real quickly. Come. Come. I'll pick you if you don't. I mean, those of you that were over here probably experienced this, uh, what Brian was talking about, a tangible, where something that you can touch and experience, you know, that's uh, Jesus with the skin on. 
Uh, and that's what exactly we, that we experienced over here. Uh, one of the sisters that was missing her mom that the whole week, and afterwards she came and told me. And while I was sitting, I did not have any prophetic word. The only thing I said, you know, as these two sisters comes and gives you a hug, Holy Spirit is going to come, and you're going to experience that your mom is coming and hugging you. That tangible, that close, that nearness, it was there in the room that evening. And so I awesome. praise God awesome. to be a part of it. Amen. Here's my wife. Amen. Amen. <laughs> One more, one more. Please come. I'm going to pick somebody if you don't. Uh, it was such a wonderful time that we had it on Sunday. It was uh, when we were there. It was such a closeness. Everybody was in a great unity. And uh, what we used to experience back home, like we used to have like an all-night all service and all-night prayer. So that day, everybody was praying, interceding, crying, and lifting up. And people were put back in the place that they, were, they wanted to get away from. And encouragement. And everything was there. And if there was no time limit, we would have prayed all night long. It was such a great time of intimacy, such a great experience that even when I went back, I was like, I didn't want to go back from that experience. And so I had that experience all week. I was sharing with other people. And that was something that we really, Pastor Nikki said, oh, we should do this like often. And it was so wonderful. And we just thank God for that 21 day of fasting and what we are going to be from here on. Amen. 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 Awesome. Yes. Amen. Brother Scott. Okay. Much less than two minutes. Uh, to me, the principal thing was it was the body of Christ ministering to the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And we need that time to actually be connected in that way, and that's God's intention. It's not always his intention, oh, Lord, 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 oh, Lord. It's like the body needs to minister to the body, and that's what was happening. And it was being maybe implored, impelled, and driven by a certain sense of let's do this, an impartation. But that, to me, is something that needs to regularly be done. That's a part of Amen. healthy body. Amen. Amen. Great evening, and we shall have more of those evenings this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Charles. Yes, certainly. This is important, brother. Yes, please. Um, I wasn't here last Sunday night, as you probably know. Yes. And uh, I was sitting over here just a minute ago. Before you said anything about Greg, and I was thinking, I've got to text Nikki after this service and tell him we've had a prophetic breakthrough unlike anything we've ever had before. Amen. Amen. You weren't here and you knew it. Praise God. Praise God. So, just reflecting. Are you glad we're doing a little reflecting this morning? Yes, yes. Um, I want to take just a moment and, and I want to look at a couple of more scriptures, um, if we could. Let me let me see. Uh, when we... I'm often, when I think about reflection, I'm often drawn to think about the children of Israel. Uh, I love this term, although it has such a grief attached to it. But I love it when the word says, and they remembered. You read the children, the, 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 the children through Exodus, you, you read the, the, uh, the story of the, of the journey. And, and throughout the, the history of the Jewish people, throughout Scripture, we find the word says, and they remembered. And what is it that they remembered? And where were they when they remembered? 
They were in dire straits. They were in deep trouble. They had given up on God. They had gone after the false uh, idols. They had gone after the things of this world. And they were getting plundered. And they were getting beat up by the enemy. And everything under the sun could happen to them. And then the word says, and they remembered. That's such a heartwarming, encouraging, yet almost grievous statement. Because... God doesn't want us. You know, the, the, we, we've been taught that the scriptures in the Old Testament often are types and shadows of what we are to understand and what we're to know because we, in some ways, walk in the same manner. And today, this reflection is basically saying to those of us in this room, we don't need to get to the point where we're beat up, knocked down, dragged out, laying on the side of the road, and then suddenly I remembered... God really does love me. God really does care for me. God really wants the best for me. And I only come to my senses when everything is absolutely disastrous and they remembered. That's not what God wants the body of Christ to live like. He wants us to often, to frequently, to occasionally, to you know, maybe daily sometimes. Remember my goodness, my son. Remember my goodness and my love, my daughter. Remember who I am, that I am doing a work in you through all that you're going through. I often quote Romans 8, 29, and we'll turn to Romans 8, 29. I love to do this, and I've done it sort of as in jest often. I've said to somebody, hey, brother, do you know what Romans 8, 28 says? And most everybody can say, yeah, all things work together for good for those who love God and call in according to his purposes. I said, good. What about Romans 8, 29? Huh? Do what? Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, 29 says, for those he foreknew. How many of you in this room can say he foreknew me? All of us in this room under the sound of my voice that are believers can say he foreknew me. He knew me before I ever existed. That's what the scripture means. Those he foreknew, he predestined to become what? Conformed to the image of his son, the likeness of his son, the perfect replica, the Xerox copy, the absolute uh, image in, in, in our time, uh, the, the 3D image of Jesus is who he's creating in you and me. And that's our call. I often, uh, as we read this, let's, let's read this together. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Here's an interesting question when you look at this. I I love verse 30. And those he predestined, how many of that in this room is that talking to? All of us. Those he predestined, he also called. Now, in the body of Christ, many, many people are looking for their calling. They spend a lot of years going this way, that way, upside down sometimes. They're praying, asking, Lord, show me my call. And I want to say this to you very, very simplistically. The first call that you and I have is what? to be conformed to the image of his son. Do you realize when that word comes forth in a new believer's life, the minute that person is saved, do you know what his first call of life is? His first spiritual call? His first call as an individual? His first call as a Christian? What is his first call? Oh, I want to be an apostle. Oh, I want to be a prophet. Uh, How about that one right there? Do you desire to be like him? Do you desire to be like Jesus? That's our first call. 
That is our default. If you have a default passage of Scripture and say, this comes first, I want to tell all of us, as Spirit-filled believers that believe in the gifts of the Spirit and the callings and all of that that we see in the New Testament, I want to say to all of us as believers, my first call and your first call, Josiah, your first call, brother, is not to do whatever you're thinking about. Your first call is right there. Become conformed to the image of the Son. Do you, do, you, do you understand that? Do you agree with me? Anybody want to throw stones at me? That's our first call. And I want to say this as, as humbly as I can. If we're striving for that other call and we're not busy about that call, we're going to come up empty-spirited somewhere along the line. We're going to get bankrupt somewhere along the line. We're going to crash and burn somewhere along the line. We've all seen individuals that were very, very gifted in a calling, and they crashed and burned. And I want to say, submit to you, one of the reasons is because they were not doing this. They were not concentrating, oh, Lord, in the midst of everything you're doing with me and through me, am I becoming like your son, Jesus? And I love that passage of Scripture. I love Romans. How many of you like Romans just as a book? I mean, don't you just like Romans? Now, I have to say, I like Romans. It's a big book. I love little books like Philippians. I really like Philippians. But I love Romans because it's so rich with so many, many areas that we can be encouraged and strengthened by. I've probably lost my place 14 times already. So let me see what I can do here. Um, Romans 8, 28 and 29, 29 and 30. We just went over that. Let me, uh, let me jump real quickly to Romans 31 through 34. If we... Uh, Third up through 35. What then shall we say in response to these things? That that he's already presented to us starting at about 826, 27, 28, all the way up through 31. Uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us some things? All things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one, Christ Jesus, who died. Let me just go back up to that just for a second. Who will bring a charge against those God has chosen? I think all of us bear the scars of being charged incorrectly or being, or being uh, charged with something that perhaps we didn't do. How many of you in the room could really say, I've been, I've been actually judged for something I never did. Often. A number of, I mean, I'm asking you, this is serious. Have you ever been charged by somebody's mouth or in some judicial way or something for something you never did? That is so difficult. It's so hard to bear that, to walk that out. But God is there for you and me to say, I don't care what anyone is saying. God is not charging me. I am clean. I am pure before the Lord. I am not being condemned by the Lord. It's just voices that are coming at me to bring harm and misjudge me and cause me to crash and burn. Let's look at uh, the next, just right at the end of there. Who was raised to life and at the right hand of God and is so interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? And that's the one passage, that's the one word I want to encourage us with. As we are moving as a congregation, individually and collectively, one of the things that we need to hold fast to is nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Say that with me. Nothing can separate us 
from the love of Christ. That is a truth. You can take that one to the bank, as they say. You can take that as long as you, as long as you have breath in this life. That is the truth. Nothing can separate you and I. And it doesn't matter what it is. And, and there's a, only in, the 30, uh, uh, in this passage, it goes on to all of the things that could appear to separate us. Let me, uh, let me just take a moment. Yurash, if you don't mind, just show that next passage. And... Uh, That next passage says, no, and all these things were more than conquerors. I want to stop right there. How many of you are more than a conqueror? Do you know what more than a conqueror is? Do you know the definition for more than a conqueror? How many of you have ever heard the gentleman, he's a, a, a brother from Australia, his name is Wayne Gwilliam. How many of you know who Wayne Gwilliam is? About, about three or four of us in the room. Wayne Gwilliam... Uh, was at Forest Drive Baptist Church many years ago, and he spoke on that verse right there about being more than a conqueror. He looked at all and says, how many of you are, this is just a, how many of you are conquerors? Anybody raise their hand? Everybody in the room raised their hand. He said, put your hands down. And we all sort of felt embarrassed. He said, let me ask again, how many of you are conquerors? And we all raised our hand. He said, no, 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 you missed it. Put your hands down. And then he says, you're more than a conqueror. He says, let me give you a picture of what a more than a conqueror is. And he was a boxer. He used to train boxers. And so he got very, very much into the boxing mode. And he began to talk about a boxing match. And he said at, at the 10th round, he said the boxer, the man wins the, uh, the boxing match. He wins $10,000. And he said, he's a conqueror. He has actually beat the other man. He's a conqueror. And he says, where is the more than conqueror? He said, the more than conqueror is when he goes home, he walks in and he says, sweetie, here's the $10,000 that I earned for you. That's, she's a more than conqueror. Yes. She is the receiver of what Jesus did. He did the conquering. You and I are more than conquerors. We did nothing to deserve the graciousness and the love and all that he has. He said he's given us all things. That's the definition of a more than conqueror. The one sitting at home while the other one is doing the battle and we receive all of the benefit. That is more than conqueror. You and me are more than conquerors. Praise God. Praise God. So I, I give Wayne Gwilliam credit for that because I've never forgotten it. And I believe that I heard that probably in 1982. Something in that frame. So, who can separate us from your love? Who can separate us? Is that the last? Yes. Knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors through him and love. For I'm convinced that neither, say it with me, neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, or any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That is the truth, ISE. That is the truth. We need to reflect back on his love and say, God, as we're heading this way, may I reflect on the loving kindness, on the grace, on all that you've done so that I can carry that with me into this next race, into this next maybe battlefield. There's going to be some warfare. But let me carry that, all that I'm reflecting on and all I'm trying to do today for us as a church is let's take a moment and let's reflect on what God has been doing in the last few months, not, not counting what he's done in the years prior to. If you all, how many of you have been in, in this congregation for less than 
for less than 20 years. How many of you have been in this congregation less than 25 years? Okay, let me, let me ask you another. How many of you have been at IFC for 25 years? How many of you have been here? Yes, sister. How many of you have been here at IFC for 20 years? 15 years. 15 years. 10 years. 10 years. A lot of us. A lot of us. What we are thankful for started in that lady's home. Dottie, stand up, please. Yes. Her home is where the humble beginnings of this ministry started. And Sister Molly and Pastor Satish uh, have been running this race together until two years ago, all of this time. And we are the fruit of all of your labor and all of Pastor Satish's labor. We are the fruit. And we thank God for all that he's done and some of us can say, well, I've only been here a few years. I've only been here a few months. That's okay. You can reflect on all that God has done, and he is catapulting us into this next season. But we cannot, we cannot not reflect on the good things that he's done. Now, in the same verse, I want to tell you, and I'm going to close with this. Now, watch this. Nothing nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. I see that that is a two-part statement because the love of God is expressed through Sarika to me. So that passage of Scripture, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus is in this woman. The love of God is expressed to me through her. The love of God expressed for me to her. Listen, IFC. Here's our challenge. And I'll close with this. Here's our challenge. My love for you and your love for me and the love for the person sitting next to you should be such that you can say, nothing is going to separate my love for you. In this congregation, you're, I'm your friend, you're my friend. Nothing is going to separate my love for you. I don't care what you do. Nothing's going to separate my love for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you say. See, the problem that we're faced with often as God begins to move, and Pastor Brian had a word last March, and, and it was about unity, and he said, be careful and beware and have your antennas up because offense will come in to destroy what God is trying to do. Is that right, Pastor Brian? You said that last year. I think it was either February or March. We're a year into this. We're a year later. And I thought of that this morning as, as I was preparing this. I want to say this, IFC, nothing is going to separate my love for you and nothing is going to separate your love for me. How many of you can say yes to that? Do you, oh, wait, wait, wait. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to take a moment. That's a big statement. If I'm saying to everybody in this room, nothing is going to separate my love for all of you all, that is a major declaration. God is going to hold us accountable. So I'm going to ask again, a little bit more sobering. Are you willing to say it with me? Nothing is going to separate me from you because the love you have for me 
and the love I have from you is from God. And let's stand. Let's stand and give the Lord a, a big, big round of applause. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God blesses unity. We know that passage of Scripture. The blessing of God comes where there's unity of the brothers and sisters. And we're in that place at IFC. God is doing what Pastor Nikki said. He's leading us into a place we've never been before. And it's about the intimacy of the Lord. It's about us coming together, not just the intimacy of God. There's something that God's wanting to do right here in this room with some relationships. Years ago, I'm going to state this, and, and this, this may be a challenge to some of you. Years ago, I was sitting in another church not too far from here. Patty and I uh, were, were avid members of there. We were involved in ministry there. And uh, I had a brother that I did work for, and he, he didn't pay me. And he was in the church. And it was a fairly sizable sum of money. It wasn't a couple hundred dollars. It was a sizable sum of money. And he refused to pay me. When I actually approached him, he said, I can't pay you. But I'd done all this work for him, and uh, I was sitting one Sunday morning right next to Patty, and the communion elements were coming down the aisle. And I thought, oh, my Lord, I have an offense with that brother right over there. He was all the way across the building, and I came under conviction like that. I said, God, I cannot take, com- I can't take communion until I clear up that offense. He didn't come to me. I trotted as fast as I could over there. And I bumped up to him, and he looked at me rather stunned. And I said, brother, I want you to know, as of today, you owe me nothing. Zero. Don't ever pay me. I do not want your money. God has delivered you from that that debt. You, you, owe no more, you owe me no more debt. And I walked around and got back to the, to the seat in time to take communion with my wife. So, IFC. God is saying, he is looking for a people that can make that statement, not only knowing that God, nothing will separate me from God's love in the manner in which God loves the body of Christ and loves us individually. I believe in there, he's also saying, nothing's going to separate me from the love of those people that I'm in relationship at IFC. I don't care what you do to me. It's not going to affect my love for you. I won't let it. Because if I don't, I'm going to have to walk out of here and not take communion again. If I let an offense or if I let an order, I'll let something that, that and, and it's, it's for all of us. I'm pleased. I'm not trying to say me. All of us. If we can't say with our lips, I don't care what happens, my love will be unbroken with you. My love will be unbroken. I don't care what happens. You cannot chase my love away from you. That's major kinds of stuff for believers. And that's where the enemy comes in, disrupts, breaks down, causes offense. People walk out the door and you say, what happened to them? Well, if you can ever find them, something offended them. In nine out of ten times, something offended them. Patty and I went to church many years ago and a number of the people had left. We were in the leadership and we singled them out one at a time. We had breakfast with them or lunch or something. Said, hey, why did you leave? And at the essence of what every one of them said, they were offended. 
and no one knew it, and no one was able to deal with it, and they didn't want to be dealt with. So I'm so thankful that we all raised our hand. We all declared nothing can separate us from the love we have for one another. Let's close, okay? Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you today. We give you all the honor.